Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final hour of today's episode of the program. Uh, If you're keeping track at home, today is episode number 152. Not too bad at all. Let me ask you a favor. Uh, Here's how a little behind the scenes uh, look at how this show is put together. Uh, Producer Amy and I and the rest of the team, we trade notes uh, before and after each program. We spend a lot of time putting together topics and executing research and arranging interviews and drawing little bits of audio to share with you, things that we have found uh, interesting, things that we have uh, decided essentially that uh, are important to to share and to to broadcast over these airwaves. Uh, After the show today... Uh, Amy and I will be sitting down and looking forward to uh, tomorrow's program. I'd like to involve you uh, a little bit more in that process. Could I do? Could you do me this favor? Grab your cell phone when you're when you're not driving, of course, and send a text message to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. It's five seven five zero zero. And what I'd like is if there is something that you'd like covered on tomorrow's program. If there is something that you'd like me to weigh in on or share my opinion on uh, or some little thing that deserves more research or attention, whatever the case may be, if you'd like to hear it on tomorrow's episode of Live Mike, text me that idea, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. And you and I uh, together will march our way towards this wonderful Pioneer Day weekend. I opened the paper this morning. And I I read a headline that gave me chills. Let me pull it up and uh, read it to you exactly. It uh, it reads, Utah lawmaker shares how COVID-19 caught her young family off guard. Now, what gave me chills was the photo associated with this headline. I I didn't see a Utah lawmaker. Uh, I saw a friend of mine, Candace Perucci. Uh, youngest member of the Utah House, represents uh, a portion of Harriman, Utah. She and her husband, Andy, and their son, Benji, not long ago, all three of them contracted COVID-19. Now, uh, I'm pleased to report here ahead of this conversation with Candace that they are all uh, in, in better condition now, all are on the mend. But what scared me the most is, you know, my, my family's made up uh, similarly to theirs. It's me, as you know, and my wife, Jessica, and our little baby Piper. And imagining a scenario in which all three of us are battling this coronavirus at once has really fueled much of my behavior over the past number of months. It has kept me from uh, traveling to certain locations. It's kept me from uh, receiving certain guests from other locations. And it is, it is really... Uh, the the fear which is always present uh, in me that makes me be one of these mask wearers. Now, I'm not uh, quite ready to endorse a uh, a mandate, but I sure do wear a mask, and uh, hopefully that behavior on my part is protecting my family in some small measure. With that said, let me now welcome to the program Representative Candace Perucci. Candace, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing, Lee? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, First off, tell me, how are you? Just give me the details. How are you all feeling right now? 
Well, I'm a little fuzzy, so I'm sorry if I'm slow on the draw uh, for some of your questions. But we are we are on the mend, uh, as you indicated. You know, we're about ten days into this, and so the first five days I'd say were the hardest, particularly for my husband. Uh, he had the full full lot of symptoms. Uh, and my little boy, um, which we're happy about, has done the best. In fact, his pediatrician said little kids, toddlers, babies, for the most part, actually handle this really well and have really mild symptoms. So, and we, we overall, you know, we're really grateful that we had mild cases, uh, you know, comparatively. I saw one of your quotes earlier in the newspaper. You don't want to uh, you know, give too many details on how you contracted this to protect the, the identity of the source. Uh, but what can you tell us about uh, about how you may have come in contact with this virus? Yeah, you bet. And I, um, we have, like I, I heard your intro, you know, we all are, are doing our best to uh, maintain social distancing. We wear our masks. Uh, while also continuing on with our lives and participating responsibly and smartly in the economy. Uh, you know, so we, and, and like most um, most individuals, have a Sunday dinner, and we had a small, very small gathering under 10 with family, and no one was sick. We thought we'd taken the precautions of having hand sanitizer out, um, you know, kind of doing that check, is everyone, before we go, is everyone feeling good? Um, and it turns out, we, you know, we went to this family dinner, and then the next day, um, very quickly got a call uh, from a family mem- that family member that there was an employee they found out on Monday who was tested positive, and so they had gone right away to get tested, but wanted to let us know, and we appreciated that quick uh, their their speediness there, and so we were able to, uh, you know, just stay home, and um, they tested positive, and so then we. Uh, had uh, my husband went and got tested. He was the one who, within 24 hours, started feeling some pretty uh, noticeable symptoms. And so he went in and he did test positive for COVID. And then, uh, you know, the next day I also started experiencing those symptoms. But uh, my husband had chills, exhaustion, aches, um, you know, cough, fever. He had a really bad fever. And uh, for about six days, and then finally when the fever broke, he, he had a little bit of relief. For me, I've had the, the headaches, the exhaustion, the aches, the sinus, the cough, not as intensely. Um, and we both have had loss of taste, and that's mm. interesting. And then just our little boy, he's just had the nose and cough. You know, it's been a lot more mild for him, which we're really grateful for. What was the, the the testing process like for all of you? I, I understand there was some there were some complications early when Andy went in for his test. Uh, he had to go back for a second uh, second swab. So he went in and um, yep they they did the the glorious brain swab as I call it. Uh, no, but they they did the test on him and then he got a call back within just a couple hours that there had been some issues with the test and he needed to go get another one done. And so, you know, he was happy to do that. We know that there's a lot of demand right now on our healthcare professionals. And um, so he had his done. And we, um, I had, we had called so that I could get, see if me and Benji would go in and get a test done. And they said, look, you guys have been exposed. You have a positive test in it. You have all the symptoms. You have it. We're asking you to just stay home and quarantine um, rather than giving us an order for a test. Mm. So, 
Um, you know, we we had it by we have all the symptoms and uh, you know same exposure and and with Andy, uh, obviously we we're all quarantined together. So he was the one he got to get that the the nose swab twice. I see. You mentioned that you the the two of you experienced a, a loss of taste. I, I've seen anecdotally the experience of others that that symptom uh, can linger sometimes. Do you have your taste back quite yet? Uh, no, and the, you know it just things are taste a little bit off. And actually, um, we've been advised that uh, while you have your 14 day quarantine, <coughs> excuse me, you um, wow. COVID brain fuzz right now. Uh, you have your 14-day quarantine, but your symptoms can last longer. And mm. so, and one of those would be the loss of taste. But eventually, you know, we're hoping that comes back. <laughs> I see. Uh, can I ask you a favor? Would you hang on through the break? Can I, can I ask you a few more questions about how this may, how your experience may shape your overall attitude uh, regarding the, the response of the state and other others to this coronavirus? Yeah, sure. Outstanding. We'll take a quick break. We'll return uh, have the second part of my conversation with Utah Representative Candace Perucci, a good friend of mine. She and her husband and their uh, beautiful baby boy all contracted the coronavirus. The good news is they're all on the mend. What has she learned from that? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. We're in the midst of the final hour of today's episode of this program here on KSL News Radio, and we're continuing a conversation uh, with a friend of mine. Representative Candace Perucci, who represents uh, a portion of Harriman here in the state of Utah. A little bit of a, a backstory. Uh, Candace and I, uh, we've known each other for a long, long time. Or I should say Representative Perucci, with all due respect. Uh, she and I have known each other for a long, long time. In fact, it was uh, during the, uh, the legislative session here in, the, here in Utah, uh, the 2010 legislative session, uh, there was a representative named Carl Wimmer. You remember him, of course. He ran for Congress, a uh, very uh, big personality, a uh, big man, a power lifter uh, in, in an earlier life, uh, worked in law enforcement, and also for a time served as a representative in the Utah House. And Candace and I uh, were both interns for then-Representative Wimmer. And uh, interestingly, as our respective careers have progressed, we've crossed paths uh, a number of times. It's been wonderful to to keep track with her uh, and her growing family over these years. And coincidentally, it is today that she is representing uh, that very same uh, district here in Utah uh, for which she served uh, as an intern back in 2010. So a uh, fascinating individual. I'm proud to call her a friend of mine. Uh, and welcome Candace Perucci back to the program. Candace, how are you? Still hanging in there? Yeah, general. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Uh, let me ask you this about, uh, I want to ask you about your boy. Um, I carry with me an intense amount of fear about her well-being. Have you, what, what was it like to learn that your, that your baby boy had contracted this virus, which has changed the world? You know, I think um, one of the reasons, Lee, why I wanted to jump on your show when you texted me was to share um, a, a, probably a very normal story, a regular story of a of, of family with a mild case. Uh, most cases are like ours. Um, to use Speaker Wilson's line that COVID-19 is a bully, right? Those individuals who are in the high-risk categories, the elderly, they, they have the serious cases and, and where we have issues with hospitalization and, and 
really can be deadly for those individuals. But one thing I did take comfort in was knowing I had just taken my baby to the pediatrician for his regular checkup. And I had been asking uh, him about the coronavirus and how uh, children respond. And he said, really, um, most children respond better than adults and are able to weather this really well. And so, of course, there was concern, but I had just had a conversation. So that, that really did help. And, and the fact that Benji, my baby boy's uh, symptoms were really mild, uh, that helped as well. Outstanding, uh, and I, you know, I haven't had firsthand experience like you, but uh, but the data that I have uh, tirelessly been googling and uh, calling on doctors and such like that uh, it supports exactly what you say, and that has given me at least a certain measure of uh, peace when it comes to my little baby Piper. Uh, now let's talk about masks for a second. You have confronted the coronavirus firsthand. Uh, you have in the past spoken out against uh, a statewide mandate. Do, do your feelings remain that way? You know, they do. And uh, I, I've had a lot of people ask me that question. And, and I will say this, Lee. So I'm not in favor of a statewide mandate. I think different areas uh, that local control works best in different uh, regions of our state are experiencing different levels of the number of cases. I do think it's important, though, that we're educating individuals and empowering families with information and are able to treat people like adults and, you know, to act responsibly. I think, too, we need to appeal to our sense of community. Um, that's something Utah is known for. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that this is something where I feel um, when I wear a mask, you know, prior to being in quarantine when I would go to the grocery store. It was about myself and my family, but it was just as much about those individuals who are in the high-risk categories where COVID-19 can be catastrophic for them. Um, and we've actually had a neighbor uh, who their family member died from COVID-19. And so we're very aware that for, you know, those high-risk individuals, this can be devastating. And so I think, you know, to be a good citizen, to, you know, engage in your community and, and still be engaging in the economy, um, I think it's just the common sense thing right now is just to wear that mask. Of course, there are those individuals who have unique cases who aren't able to do that. But for those of us who can, I think it's important we do so. Has the have the decisions made by Governor Herbert and the recommendations uh, from the the community task force here in the state have they been appropriately balancing uh, health the health of uh, the citizenship or citizenry of the state as well as the health of the economy? Do you think? You know, I uh, from the legislative perspective, I think that everyone is uh, doing their best with the information they have and. Um, I am not a medical professional. I'll throw that out there. Um, but I feel like, you know, in Utah, we do try to have, we've had a, tried to have a targeted approach. Um, and I think what's important for our business community is knowing, is having the, the end in sight right. And so it was helpful um, when we were going through kind of our color phases and still are engaged in that. But, but just having an idea of where we're at. Um, I think that this has really been an eye-opening experience for a lot of people as we look through the Emergency Powers Act. And that's something I know myself mm. and other colleagues are uh, anxious to be working on, and we've got it on our interim agenda on one of my committees. But I think it is important that we're addressing that and that you know we are ensuring transparency and accountability at all levels. Um, 
But I really do think that this this caught us off guard, <laughs> both yeah. for my family and then just as a state. And I think that we've done our, our best in addressing that. And I am grateful for the colleagues I'm able to work with. Uh, f- final question, and I'll, I'll give you my own answer to this question first to make it fair. And, and the question is this. If, uh, if our children were school age, if they were in kindergarten or, or, or one of the ages appropriate to attend uh, school, have in-person uh, teaching, would you be comfortable sending your child to school? Uh, Piper's too young still, uh, but if she were five, six, uh, any school age year, I, I would be comfortable uh, sending her to school. How about you? I would as well, Lee, and and I, you know, hopefully Piper and Benji get to meet someday. But I, I feel like we are doing our best, and I know our school districts have worked really hard on this and ensuring the safety of our teachers and our students. We have had a lot of uh, students who, well, online working online learning worked for them for many it was quite the struggle and and, you know teachers are being prepped to know kids are going to be starting behind and and i think at some point returning to this level of for lack of a better word normalcy um and and getting people engaged uh responsibly and safely i think is important so yes i would send benji back Representative Candace Perucci, my pleasure. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, and I am so overjoyed uh, that you and your family are on the mend. Please give my best to Andy uh, and let little Benji know that Piper looks forward to meeting him, and uh, once this coronavirus <laughs> is behind all of us, uh, we'll surely have ourselves a happy reunion. You uh, take care of yourself, Sounds all right? great. Hey, thanks, Lee. You have a good day. Uh, you do the same. Uh, Candace Perucci, a wonderful representative here in the state of Utah. Her family, unfortunately, going through uh, the coronavirus headache right now. Uh, but but the good news here is that they are all on the mend. Um, how about you? H- have you faced the coronavirus? Have you contracted the virus? We On this program, we've spoken to a number of individuals who have. We've spoken to uh, Representative Ben McAdams. Uh, we've spoken to, to others who have contracted and recovered. If you remember the Herring couple. Yeah, John and Irene, we had uh, we had them on on the program in the earliest days of the coronavirus. If you remember, uh, Mr. Herring was was stuck in Japan for a time. Well, we've come a long way since those days. We've learned a lot. The experience of those who contract this virus has dramatically changed. Uh, and I'd like to hear from you. If you have contracted this virus, I'd like to have a conversation with you. Five seven five zero zero. That is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Send me a note. Uh, I don't have to identify yourself, but if you would, if you'd send me a note, maybe you and I can text back and forth and I could learn more about your experience and we could share that with others here, get a full understanding of uh, really the toll this is taking on our community. Uh, quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about this CARES funding. You know, the $600, that's going away. But will it be renewed? We'll debate that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.